morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, 1.37 p.m. Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. My name is Bo Templin. Thank you for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate it. Today is Monday, September 12, 2022. On 7.31 a.m. today, we have stories in sports. We have stories in entertainment as well. And it was a loaded sports weekend. So joining me on the show later is Arden Franklin. Arden runs the ballplayers Instagram account for 1.37 p.m., which follows basketball and football as well so that was a great conversation i'm excited to get into that and we will start today's show by saying happy birthday and rest in peace to paul walker i am a fast and furious stan uh i ranked the entire series on the website 137 p.m this is one of my favorite franchises in all of hollywood so let's run through a couple fun paul walker facts he actually owned the nissan skyline from the fast and furious franchise before coming famous paul walker wanted to be a marine biologist and actually Paul Walker was almost cast as Anakin Skywalker in the Star Wars prequels but he was actually deemed too old so some some very very interesting alternative careers that could have happened for Paul Walker but rest in peace to him and uh, send in love to the family no doubt about it let's head on over into sports where we will start with our week one NFL recap with Arden Franklin All right, 1.37 p.m. As we get into sports, we're going to start off by reacting to week one of the NFL season. Joining us today to talk about week one of the NFL season, the man who runs our ballplayers account at 1.37 p.m., Arden Franklin. Arden, I am so stoked to have you on 7.31 a.m. I am excited to do this every single week of the NFL season, brother. Week one. Week one, Arden. Give me one word from what you saw on Sunday afternoon. Oh, that's easy, chaotic. (laughs) There was a lot going on. Uh, It made for a lot of fun, but in the midst of the action, it was very chaotic and to an extent stressful. So that's all I got for now. Of course, of course. Well, Arden, let me run through a little bit here. A couple scores that we got. We can run through a couple of fun stats, you know, a couple of players who kind of shined through the week. But then just want to hear some thoughts as we move along, all right? Vikings win 23-7 against the Green Bay Packers. I don't know, Arden. You could look across the board. There's a lot of big wins that you saw this weekend. We can get to the Giants in a little bit. But in terms of in a division against a team that you're not really supposed to beat, with a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings, yeah, sure, the Packers look rusty. Sure, the Packers always struggle in week ones as Rodgers doesn't like to play during the preseason. But, dude, Justin Jefferson. Arden, what what are we going to do with this man? Man, myth legend right there. I saw a crazy stat earlier that said uh, Justin Jefferson now joins Randy Moss as like one of two wide receivers in league history to have less than um, six games with like a hundred and something yards, maybe 150 yards under the age of like 24. Like JJ is different, man. JJ is different. And he had his way with the Packers secondary. There's really nothing you can do to stop him. It's one of those quotes. What is it? Uh, You can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. That's literally all you can do with Justin Jefferson at uh-huh. this point. You could have probably stopped after saying Justin Jefferson joins yeah. Randy Moss. Once you say that sentence, you're good. I didn't even need to hear anything more, right? That that told me enough about the Vikings week one. I'm really excited to see kind of what they do looking ahead. Um, Packers, I believe, have the Bears next week, who also 
you know, say what you want about the game that they had against the Niners. I don't think the Niners looked particularly good. It was a sloppy game. It was a lot of rain. Are you holding any weight from that? that Honestly, Bears-Niners I'm game? not against the Niners. You know, I think, again, like you, they're a West Coast team. But being a West Coast team who's going to the shy and playing in that type of environment, the 49ers are a tough team. But at the same time, it's like there's nothing you can do to, you know, prepare for that. And I honestly think today was more about the Bears. You know, for the Bears, the way that game started, bro, that could that game could have went bad. That game could have went bad in a hurry. But there's a little difference in how they play this year. They're a bit more tougher. Justin Fields is a bit more tougher. They're a little more dynamic. So I, I have no smoke for the 49ers at all. Bears got a nice little season opening win, and that's all that is. Let's 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 talk about it. Um, this this Bengals Steelers game, Arden, was one of the ugliest, grossest. What the hell am I watching? Kind of game. What Joe Burrow's throwing picks left and right. He's is this a sophomore slump inbound? What are we talking about here? My, my my dog Joe Shiesty, man. My dog Joe Shiesty wasn't looking too good. I saw a tweet earlier during the game too, Bo, that it made a lot of sense being that this was Joe's first, not only first game, but really like first period of serious football since the Super Bowl. Like he didn't play during the preseason. Um, I know he had a surgery too during the offseason to, cl- to clear up some minor stuff. So he played like somebody in that first half that like, hey, bro, like you haven't played in seven months with your last game being a big game. Mm-hmm. But with that said, there's a little something right here, 137 fam, that he got that's called dog. So we saw how he was playing. He came <laughs> back stronger than ever. Jamar Chase, dog. They did what they had to do. But we also got to talk about what really matters, Bo, which is we need to ban kickers. We need to ban kickers. It is time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kickers these days, Bo, aren't kickers. We grew up on real kickers. We grew up on Steven Gukowski. We grew up on Janikowski in Oakland. We grew up on Adam Vinatieri. We grew up when kickers used to be kickers. That's all they Speak did. On it. That's all they knew. These kickers, I don't want y'all kickers, bro, that used to play basketball and two other sports, and y'all done flipped to being a kicker because it was your only way going to the league. Y'all not real kickers. Y'all keep showing that. Ban them. Bro, so hold up, hold up, because we might be disagreeing here on something, okay? And I just want to bring it up. Something that almost bothers me about the kickers is that they they only kick, right? This is their one job, and sometimes it's so much that they've got this one thing, and, you know, their entire week, their entire careers make or break kind of on this one kick. Then you've got what's going on yep. in Kansas City with <laughs> Justin Reed and Harrison Butker, and I'm watching, and I'm watching a safety now. Sure, yes, he did miss a kick on Sunday, but... I'm watching an athlete go out there with a little bit of moxie, a little bit of competitive spirit and fire. And I'm wondering, man, I I kind of like the athlete turned kicker, not the like kicker turned football guy. I'm, I'm not jacking it, bro. Bo, I'm not jacking it, bro. The only athlete I will ever respect as a kicker was the legend himself, Chad Ochocinco. Because that dude was a legit kicker. He played soccer. He was actually about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not with it, bro. I am not with it. All these athletes okay. act kickers okay. are proven to not be kickers. And you brought up a great point, too, about the specialty aspect of it. We got kickers nowadays, Bo, that can't even do kickoffs. So speaking of the Chiefs, speaking of the Cardinals, Kansas City looked 
great against Arizona. And I think we now realize that like Arizona is going to have some pretty significant holes, especially defensively. It looks like this year. Yeah. I know that the chiefs offense can make a lot of people look bad, mm-hmm. but like and no D hop. Remember D hop suspended another five, six games. Without yeah. So this was, this was probably a pretty alarming week for for Arizona, any I don't know if you had a takeaway from what you saw. Mahomes now with 59 wins in his first 75 career starts. That includes the postseason. That is the most ever tied mm-hmm. with Mr. Tom Brady. Patrick Levon Mahomes II continues to prove why there is no conversation for the best quarterback in the game. Nine. I love Allen. I love the yeah. rest of the guys in yeah. the top five to top eight. Yeah. But Mr. Patrick LaVon Mahomes II is different. There are history today. History today. There's only one quarterback, Bo, in the league's entire history that has now played four consecutive season openers and an each season opener through at least three touchdowns and no picks. That is Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has now played 64 career starts and now has 64 games with five plus touchdowns. Every other quarterback on that list, a Hall of Famer that has played hundreds of games, Mahomes has now did it in 64. What is the conversation about best quarterback in the game? There is none. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. Is Arden, you can throw stats at me all day long. We can go eye test, right? We can talk eye test. We can talk, talk win, win loss column. I don't know where Patrick Mahomes does not hit the mark, right? Really at any point, whether you want to look at the stats, whether you want to look at eye test. Here's the crazy thing is that he just makes it he just makes it look easy. Right now, guys can do crazy things, but Arden, like we're talking about he looks like a high schooler playing quarterback. He looks like he played right seven now. on seven. He looks like he went through puberty. Bro, he looks like he went through puberty. No one else did. He's yep. three years ahead of everyone else. He's the one showing up, driving yep. the car at 16. And it's like, wait, how does he have his license? Mm-hmm. And people are asking questions. Yep. That's what it looks like when he's playing football. It's unbelievable. Arden, I want to get to one more game here. Staying right. in the AFC West. Chargers take down the Raiders. It wasn't as close as the final score kind of showed. I really think um, Oakland, or excuse me, huh, let's, add, let's, uh, let's add that to the... Uh, the Oakland San Diego Charger. We can add that to my little column of when I fucked that up. But it looked like really Vegas was just trailing the whole time. They're trying to fight back and make it a competitive game. Let's read through through this though real quick. Justin Herbert, 279, three touchdowns. Defense combines for six sacks. Khalil Mack with a couple. Uh, Bosa with a couple. Derwin James got in on there. Dude, I like this Chargers team a lot, man. This is a they're, fun they're, they're Chargers a fun team to team watch. Who definitely got up for this game? I think for the Raiders, uh, this is one of those games that happens a lot in Week One. You know, like outside of the reigning champs, when you're on that second tier of teams that people from the all season's been hyping up, and it's like, oh, they're gonna make a lot of noise, and we can't wait to watch them. They they falter to that pressure, and I don't think that's gonna be the story of the Raiders season. But to me, week one looked like that. And if you're the Chargers, yeah, people have been hyping you up, but it wasn't the same as the Raiders. The Raiders were clearly the more hyped, more anticipated team over the team over the two. It's also in your building, LA Chargers, and yet the Raiders are the ones with the shine. And for the for the Chargers, you did what you had to do. And again, you're right, that final score wasn't close. 
the final score, it insinuated that it was a competitive game. But really, you know, as we were watching that, it was very clear mm -hmm. that the Chargers were in control. Arden, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Arden, for the help there. We'll now head on over into our second story of the day, and that is UFC 279. It was a wild weekend in the world of combat sports. On Friday, Hamzat Shemaev missed weight by eight pounds, and this just led to a lot of of chaos, fights potentially being changed. Could the UFC still hold an event? Well, after a lot of changes, we got an entirely new card on Saturday. Nate Diaz would take on Tony Ferguson in the main event. Leach would be fighting against Daniel Rodriguez in the third fight of the night. And Kevin Holland would be fighting against Hamza Chimaev in the co-main event, and that would be a five-round fight. This week had fights backstage. We had drama. We had trash talk. We had weight cut issues. But when Saturday night rolled around, it was some good fights that fight fans got to enjoy. Ling Jing Liang would lose a very close split decision. And you know, you want to talk about a guy who got screwed all week long. And this was a, a week where you heard the term, yo, I'm a gangster. I'm a real fighter. You heard that all week long from a lot of different people. But there was only one man who took on a fight on one day notice against a man who was 10 pounds heavier, and that was the leech. And so you want to talk about who's gangster, who's this, who's that. It was him who said no problem and really probably made this fight card work at all. In the co-main event, Hamza Chimaev just steamrolled Kevin Holland. And wow, is he drawing some great heat as a villain, right? And even though he won this weekend and he looked great as a fighter, his future as a champion in the 170-pound division is significantly altered. Can he even fight at 170 pounds? Can he compete at 185 in the main event Nate Diaz delivered was it the greatest fight of all time no not necessarily but this was another weekend where Diaz proved his worth this is the final fight on Diaz's contract with the UFC so this was a big fight for him if he wins he walks away with a lot of power he holds a lot of leverage in negotiation again this was a week where Diaz's worth was proven they sold tickets he brought heat to the fight and it was safe that Diaz would be fighting, he would make weight, and this is what Diaz always talks about, you know, you got a guy like Hamzat, the big bad scary man that the UFC wants to promote and push and people are talking about, but what's he do? He misses weight by 8 pounds, and this is something that the Diaz brothers just do not fuck around with. Uh, in the fourth round of the fight between Diaz and Ferguson, it was a guillotine finish. And this is impressive for Diaz because Ferguson's ground game is wicked. It's an outrageous submission from Diaz. And uh, of course, he finishes the fight with the iconic flex at the camera. What does he do now? Well, it's probably Jake Paul. And then he'll return to the UFC to take on McGregor for the trilogy fight. Also this weekend in sports was... The U.S. Open final, Carlos Alcarez, was just sensational this entire September. He would win the U.S. Open. He is your U.S. Open champion. He is the youngest champion since Rafa Nadal in 2005. He is the youngest world number one in the history of tennis and their new ranking system. This guy is electric. He's special. I don't know how his body's going to hold up. For the future, because the way that man plays, it is full go, nonstop, 110 miles per hour the entire time. But God, is he fun to watch. Then we also had a story in entertainment. 
Entertainment. D23, Disney 23, Disney's Expo Fanfare event was this weekend, and we need to run through some of the news that we got over the weekend. Let's start here. Mandalorian Season 3, we got a trailer. It looks fantastic. This has been an A-plus show from the get-go. We got some footage from Ant-Man and the Wasp, which, although fans at home have not seen, we have heard some of the reports about what it was, and oh my goodness, does it just get you buzzing. Apparently, Kang, played by Jonathan Majors, is terrifying and different and refreshing as a villain in the MCU. It's been a little while since we've seen Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, but he'll be making his return in the upcoming Secret Invasion series on Disney+. Plus. In the comics, the Secret Invasion story was a plot by the shape-shifting scrolls, and we saw them from the Captain Marvel movie. Um, so the, the series doesn't follow the exact direction of the comics, but there'll be plenty of inspiration. Uh, the series will start Ben Mendelsohn, Colby Smulders, Martin Freeman, Don Cheadle, Amelia Clark, and Olivia Coleman. We got looks at season two of Loki. And then to me, this was the most exciting news. We got the full cast for Disney's and Marvel's movie, The Thunderbolts. Yelena will be played by Florence Pugh, Bucky Barnes played by Sebastian Stan, The Red Guardian played by David Arbor, US Agent played by Wyatt Russell, Ghost, Hannah John Kamen, and Taskmaster Olga Kurilenko. Uh, that's going to be your Thunderbolts team. They will be led by Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. The movie will be directed by Jake Schreier and will release on July 6, 2024. This is the bad guy team of the MCU. This is a movie I'm really excited about. And to see that full cast together, it looks awesome. The vibe, the energy is just great. That'll be it for today's episode. For more details on these stories and more, let's head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all social media platforms. Hop into our Discord so you can chat, be part of the community. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, remember, stay curious. 